birds and leaves and flowers and warmth. I could just sit for hours and hours. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Back in my college days, I had a summer internship which took me to Missouri, the first time I had ever lived in a landlocked state. Specifically, I was in the southeast corner of that state, in the Ozarks, where the landscape was as crinkly and rugged as my hands and feet after soaking in a tub for too long. The flinty, dry pine and blueberry uplands cascaded haphazardly into lush, moist bottomlands full of sugar maple, pawpaws, sassafras, persimmon, and great cane. I was a field botanist tasked with identifying the species of plants as part of a long study on fire regimes and biodiversity. Punctuated throughout the study area were small grasslands we called dolomite glades, so-called for the dolomite bedrock that sat near or on the surface, changing drastically the pH and, therefore, the plant communities. It was in these glades that I discovered two things that nearly blew my mind. The first was a small parasitic mite called a chigger, whose intense burning itch made me long for black flies. The second was a small grass-like plant that was topped with a delicate small blue flower, the aptly named blue-eyed grass, which can right now be seen flowering across our fine New England state of Maine. Blue-eyed grass, or as we field botanists call it, Cicerynchium angustifolium, is a common plant from eastern Canada and Maine, west to Minnesota, and south to Florida and Texas. I've seen it growing in profusion in glades, lawns, roadsides, and most other areas that have fairly bright sun and a good deal of short to medium length grass. Short or medium grass is important as blue-eyed grass is easily overtopped by larger species. The largest blue-eyed grass only grow to be about 18 inches tall with narrow leaves. Contrary to the plant's common name, blue-eyed grass is not a grass at all, but rather a member of the Iridaceae or iris family. If the eager naturalist gets down and inspects the plant closely, this botanical grouping makes sense. Much like a minuscule iris, the few thin leaves of the plant are equitant, that is to say that, like irises, the leaves are overlapping one another at the base in an almost fan-like fashion. Out from the center of these equitant leaves grows a stem atop which the flowers bloom, but this is where the similarities with irises of gardens and wetlands seem to drop off. Rather than the quintessential fleur-de-lis shape of most irises, blue-eyed grass has a somewhat more modest structure. Being in the iris family, however, it does have petals in multiples of three, six in this case, and in color ranges from light periwinkle to deep violet with a yellow center. The petals are arranged in a fairly typical star shape, as is common for so many flowers. Multiple flowers usually appear on each stem, but only one flower will typically bloom at a time. While blue-eyed grass is a handsome plant in its own right, grown up in its own wild community of grasses, sedges, and small forbs, it can also make a handsome and showy addition to a native garden. When in such a planting, the underground rhizomes will spread more easily, forming dense spiky clumps of foliage topped with many flowering stems, just as irises tend to do. And like those common garden perennials, blue-eyed grass will also come back year after year and can easily be divided and planted out again into more and more colonies over the years. If you want a somewhat wilder look in your lawn, but still one with ample flowers, you can also plant the rhizomes of blue-eyed grass right into your lawn, just like crocuses, so you can enjoy the flowers coming up right amongst the grass. 
So this weekend, consider keeping an eye to the grassy places in your ramblings for the bluish-tinged leaves and periwinkle flowers of the often-overlooked blue-eyed grass. If you happen to be thinking of doing some gardening, you could check in on your favorite native plant nursery for some specimens of this lovely little plant for your own home gardens. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.